Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Eva. And this is Constant Agitation, your weekly podcast about photography where we look at the works of a different photographer every week. And we look at different news, fun articles about photography, maybe otherwise sometimes. And we usually answer your questions, photography related. This week we don't have any. No, no questions this no week. No questions this week. I think people are on holidays a little bit. Yeah, we were also a little bit too late to post about the... Uh, questions yesterday on instagram yeah but it's cool maybe next week uh remember that you can also send your questions as an email dm us on instagram it doesn't have to be through the post but the post is just a reminder Mm -hmm. and um yeah with the intro out of the way what do we have for today so today we're gonna talk about a prize a photography prize that has been given out actually yesterday and it's a photography prize but it also has to do a little bit about science so Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. and we are gonna go over a book well it's not a book it's more like a project that i found recently and that i absolutely adore it's one of my favorite things that i had come across in a really long time so i hope you guys also like it and maybe also participate as well and then we're gonna talk about our photographer of the day Mm -hmm. which is uh, gregory crutzon Yes. I think it's pronounced like that. I'm not sure. I think so too. Uh, Photographer was suggested by CM. Thank you for the suggestion. I did watch the uh, documentary. We did both watch the documentary yesterday. And we'll talk more about that Mm -hmm. in a bit. Um, The documentary that I'm referring to is called Brief Encounters. Also, CM suggested that I watch it. It was really cool. And uh, yeah, we'll keep that uh, to later. But Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to mention that because if you're watching and you also have suggestions... Uh, favorite photographers you want us to uh, talk about and look into please send them to me or Eva Uh, anyways so let's look at what is it called welcome the welcome the welcome photography prize so actually welcome is a charitable fund Mm -hmm. that gives money to the most pressing health issues around the world so I know of Welcome because they put a lot of money and a lot of effort and a lot of really good work on the the problem of antimicrobial resistance, which is what I work with every day. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know about them. And because I follow them on Twitter and in the social media through my work, today I just found out that they actually have this photography prize. And I just opened the website and I was pretty pleased with the photos I found. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very nice collection. And the topic that they... That they touch upon and the three main topics of this particular contest i think are very relevant and the photos are e- equally good to the to the task so mm-hmm. i think it was nice to maybe go through them and we can also the prize these are the short lists mm-hmm. and yesterday they gave out the prize and i think i found which one won so we can talk about that as well so well you can see on the website that there are three main topics one is uh, global warming another one is mental health and the other one is infectious diseases mm-hmm. which i think are the three main global health issues of this year or 2020 as well mental health a lot of problems related with uh, the um, isolation and and the change in lifestyle that came with the pandemic and with the lockdowns everywhere. Global warming, because it's something that it cannot be stopped. And even if there is a pandemic going, it's still problems are happening around that issue. And infectious diseases, I think that's self-explanatory with coronavirus. And even though it's not talked so much, but also the problem of antimicrobial resistance around the world, they are very three pressing important key topics to talk about. And even though the welcome gives a lot of money to for scientific endeavors and also public awareness 
I think it's really cool that one of the projects they decided to do is a photo contest. Mm -hmm. um, that is really cool. And what we're seeing here, is, so they were uh, within these three categories, the photographers could either send uh, single images mm -hmm. or a short project that was made of like maybe five to ten images as well. And there's a mix in the website. Uh, this is part of the yeah mental health series. And they are also from all around the world, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so what we've seen there, I need to put it in this maybe a bit closer because I know it's so tiny. <laughs> and the photos are... I think we're, we're thrown out of sync again. Are we? Yeah. A lot? Over? I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe someone can tell us. No, no, I can see it here. We're out of sync. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. You want me to bring the ice bricks? No, it's. I don't think it's. Uh, it's not that hot. Oh. Anyways, I'm gonna keep trying to fix it. <laughs> uh, so what we're looking at here is. Uh, we saw a bunch of uh, photos and uh, uh, so these are these are the project the series projects mm -hmm. actually it's five photos per per project and these are about mental health i believe yeah mm -hmm. this is uh, HDD pro adhd portraits yeah mm -hmm. and we have uh, uh, there, the next one is kind of interesting to me it's called the big fish mm -hmm. and it's just a fish that appears in random places yeah i saw these yeah, which is, um, yeah, so it's kind of, I, I was reading a little bit about it and it's m like the fish represents the fears and the nightmares and the secrets that people are carrying with them. And that's how, what I understood. It's so eerie. Yeah. And confusing. Right. <laughs> this I, I, the thing is that some of the photos of these projects they remind me a little bit of what we were seeing yesterday on Gregory's documentary and the work of Gregory uh, Crilson as well, because of that eeriness and that throwing you out of place, not really knowing what's going on and how what stance do you take with the photography you're looking at, right? Which is a bit what I feel with uh, Gregory's work it happens mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah, so here is the infections one. So a lot about, about mask, mask people outside, the representation, a lot of the workers that were working to, through the pandemic in different situations as well. And um, But here's the thing. Uh, I'm noticing that every photo is from a different photographer, even though there are five because, groups. Uh, so because these ones are from the singles one, I believe. Mm hmm and then if you go down in the page, then you find the series. Yeah, this is a series. Okay, so these are supposed to be from the same photographer? That's what I understand, yeah. Okay. The next pandemic, what are they referring to here? Uh, they are referring at uh, what are the risks that are out there that can put us into a next pandemic after the coronavirus. So th I think that's what I see because, for example, they are showing animals that are known to have zoonotic diseases, which are diseases that are supposed to only be in, in animals, but 
they can change and then infect humans as well. And that's one of the big, big risks. It was at the beginning of the pandemic talking about, you know, these wet markets and all the different animals that are kind of mixing together. And it's a potential reservoir for diseases and, and a risk as well. So I think that one is about what is it that is out there that is dangerous, that is threatening us when it comes to perhaps having a new pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. I think the fire one probably is because of this effort, the certification, the animals are moving from their natural habitats to be closer to where people live, looking for food and looking for shelter. And all those increased interactions between human and animals are a risk for potential new diseases to come up. Mm -hmm. This one is vague for me, at least mm -hmm. measure and middle. What is this one about? Uh, open border between young couples meet at a previously open border between Konstanz, Germany. So I think it's it's about meeting places. All right, but then look at the rest of the pictures. What is this one about? The, mm -hmm. Stored bed for a makeshift uh, hospital and exhibition hall in Hanover. Yeah. So the topic it is not super clear to me, and this one is a dentist. I think measure a middle, I mean, for what I see on the pictures, it could be those places where within the isolation and the lockdown, people get to be together in one way or another, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, the hospital beds is when you have everyone in the hospital, that's a, like a middle point for people to cross paths. The ones by the border is when they're meeting, when you go to the dentist or the or the, or the doctor, you have another cho choice, then you are also interacting and meeting people in the middle so I guess to me it's a bit in that that way. And this one seems like it's filming or streaming of a probably a, a concert that yeah. is supposed to be normally with full of people around, but now, now it's, it's the an isolation. Empty hall. And yeah. These are really cool photos, all of them. I think they're beautiful projects. Uh, whoever was curating and, and shortlisting the the submitted work did a really good job. And um, yeah, these are part also. These look like they're shot on film. Yeah, they actually do. Does it say? I don't think there is. Uh, Information about that? No, it's more about the concept of the... And the cool thing, you can download the photos as well. So like you can actually see the download photos the how they were supposed to. resolution yeah. over there. Yeah, this definitely looks like medium format. Yeah, the 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 aspect ratio Look, kind of gives. Is this a light leak? Where? Right here uh, on the left. Yeah, it kind of looks <laughs> like it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it looks like it's a nice project to do on film as well. It looks like overexposed portrait. By five stops. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> like sure. one or two stops. <laughs> right. So um, the link for this page is in the description, right? I, the last one is pretty interesting. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, burnt memory, archaeology from climate. Because emerged. these ones, they really have the vibe of really old photos and mm -hmm. medium format photos, or even. These like look like they're dry, uh, like uh, plates. Mm -hmm. Like the wet plates, that's what mm -hmm. I mean, like all old, old formats. Really cool. So, what's happening with these cameras? A burnt uh, camera from the home of Kenny and Connie. So you can read about the series there in itself. Okay, so the car fire in 
to the car with double R uh, fire <laughs> in uh, 2018 was one of California's most devastating wildfires ever. Spreading across dry land and accelerated by a tornado, it destroyed 359 square miles of land and forced 36,000 people to evacuate. And its smoke spread across five states. Eight people died. Uh, rising temperature and extreme weather events make fire like this an ever greater threat to human life. Gideon Mendel worked with uh, Jonathan Pierdon to create a tintype, tintypes, okay, yeah, cool. photos of damaged objects found in the ruins of people's homes. Yeah, so that's uh, within, like, I guess, the heating earth topic because you have these extreme fires and these extreme events around the world because the climate is not like it's supposed to be mm. so tin type yeah it's very nice all the melted glass and the melted objects yes all right so any closing notes on this yeah, that for what I could read on their Instagram, the project that won the prize this year is the HADHD portraits, mm -hmm. which I, I think it's, it's a cool work. Maybe it's not my favorite of the whole set, but it's definitely worth worth the prize as well. Yes. If you see us go out of the, like if you see our videos disappear and come back, it's because I'm trying to... Fix the... Yeah. Uh, to fix the video because the delay is back um, right so moving on we do have another cool thing to talk yes. about this one is a more positive note so what do you, what about what about this it's called accidentally wes anderson yeah so you you know i love wes anderson of course. not only because of the colors but also these kind of aesthetics that the symmetry and and i i don't know like just the aesthetics the cinematography of wes anderson makes me happy just yeah. looking at those images those shots that as you say looks like they are just like shots one after the other well it turns out that someone decided to make a project which is called accidentally Wes Anderson, mm -hmm. where people all around the world can submit their images that accidentally they look like they came out of a Wes Anderson movie. But these are actually real places. Mm -hmm. These are places that exist around the world. And they have both a book, but also a website that gets updated continuously. So it's a bit like a resource where you can go and can check not only nice photos out of themselves they are very cool photos to look at mm -hmm. but if you are going to visit to a new country you're going to go somewhere or even you decide where you want to go based off maybe a photo spot mm -hmm. you can find really cool cool pieces in this in this map so on the website you can search by the place you want to look for mm -hmm. or you can go to the map and just click in the different locations all right where can i find the map up there. There? Yeah. So if I click here, it's loading up. Okay. So yeah. it's all over the all over the world. All over the world. All over the world. Let's see. Let's see what's around us. There's 15 ones in Sweden. <laughs> I, I have to say, I haven't checked the the website. I, I have the book, but yeah. I haven't checked the website. All right. Let's so see. So I don't know what we're going to find. Right. I don't know this building. I think the ones from the book probably are super curated. So I think the ones on the book are a bit better than some others that w can be maybe found on the website. Okay. But... Uh, yeah. There's the, like the ones on the homepage are... 
much better. <laughs> Definitely more Wes. This one is. That one is super. But uh, th these these photos, they feel like they're super super corrected with the. Um, yeah, there are many that either I mean I doubt they're taken with a technical camera and with a lot of movements. Probably is correction on Photoshop, which you can do like quite quite okay. Also, I highly doubt that this photo was taken where it's tugged. Can can I see it bigger? Uh, uh yeah, yeah yeah probably not i think that because it's a train they tag the station but yeah. it's somewhere in between and i actually know this train i go it's the train that goes to gothenburg yeah but like this field is not right yeah. here no 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 definitely not and this is the tunnel bono the old one yeah this is this one is actually a very similar piece of this is for sale in in one of the swedish photo photo stores to buy prints I don't know right. if it's from the same one. I think they might have submitted. This area is cool. Let's see what do they have here. <laughs> Another um, train. A tram. tram. This is the tram. Yeah. The old one. And what do we have here? Grönland. Yeah. Cool photos. Let's go back. So you can check the map. You can check. And you can go to your favorite country, your favorite city. Let's see in the city where we are. Hmm. There's nothing in Uppsala. We should go ahead and try to find some. Yeah. I really is this really Westeros? everyone. Let's see. Yeah, it is Westeros. <laughs> ah. Cool. Is that the one by in front of the... Yeah, they, this is the one in the lake. Uh, they have a bunch of them. They have like a... I think it's a hotel like or like kind of like an Airbnb type mm -hmm. of situation. So it's like a single apartment that you can rent. Oh. And it's uh, half submerged underwater. Oh, that's cool. There's a bunch of these in the north. Um, a lot of places where you can be un like underwater or on the water. Um, so yeah, check out the map if you want to see cool things around you. How do I go back to the main page? Up, like this. Uh, yeah. All right. So what do you want me to uh, uh, guide can, me through this website? Actually, yeah, so you can check by colors, the mm -hmm. collections by different colors, or by on the rails, hidden wonders, facades. There's a lot of um, architectural photography, obviously. Like a lot orange. of symmetry, super symmetric shots, which are really, really cool. Definitely heavy Wes Anderson vibes. That's the whole point. So if yeah. you take a photo that you really think is like, oh, this looks like taken out of a Wes Anderson movie, I would highly suggest just submit it to this website. The photographer still keeps the rights. And if mm -hmm. they choose it to put it in a book, they might even give some maybe publishing uh, rights or something. I'm not sure how it goes. But how cool it would be to have your photo in a book that it's called Accidentally Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it is very cool. These are weird. Like, why? What? What is this thing doing here? What is the collection called? Sotheby's. Uh, I guess because of uh, some of the movies. So is it like? I don't remember now. Stuff from the movies? No, because this is like an auction house. Or uh, that it reminds of the movies, you know, like the royalty people with money. Definitely some cool photos. The ones on the, by the beach, they are really cool of like beach little houses or beach changing rooms. Where is and, it? I mean, I just found them when I was like browsing or uh, also looking through the book as there's, well. There's a lot more. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of different ones. There's like thousands of, of photographers that have submitted work. So it's 
But if I'm saying wanna... there's more uh, correct, uh, collections yeah. if yeah, you yeah, click yeah. there. Theaters are really cool. Let's see. There's, I feel like there's so many of the trendy, you know, Instagram and Reddit photography that kind of actually could fit really nicely in this website as well. Right. Oh, this one is so cool. Uh, the pink buildings with the with the blue skies also very, very undersea. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a lot of colorful buildings, pink and uh, other. A lot of facades, a lot of theaters facades. These are so cool. Right. And I think you can really get lost in it. The book is really cool. Because so it's a it's an ongoing project. It's an ongoing project. They still you can submit your photos if you want. Mm -hmm. The book, I think, I don't remember when it was published, but I think perhaps a couple of years ago. Uh, let me see if I can check it out. Uh, no, twenty twenty last year. The right. book is from last year, and it's really cool because it's also organized by the world. Mm -hmm. So you have you know United States and Canada, Latin America, Central Western Europe. United Kingdom, Northern Europe, Southern and Eastern Europe, Middle East, Asia, Oceania, and Antarctica, mm -hmm. <laughs> of all places. There's one photo from Antarctica, actually. Right. It's really cool. So uh, let me see if I can do this. Oh, forget about it. I'm not going to try to do it. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So you can still submit mm -hmm. if you're interested and if you have uh, photos that you think will fit. Uh, where do you submit? You Here. go up, yeah, it and says then submit. you click submit a photo. Yeah, and then you put your information. And here is where you do it. And it could be a part of this cool project. Which, uh, yeah, it's really nice. And I think any, anyone that, you know, if you like the aesthetics of Wes Anderson, go to the website and get lost for a little while and maybe even get the book, which is could be a nice touch for the collection. Mm -hmm. Are we still out of sync? Yeah, we are. I'm really... Uh, I'm... I'm completely out of the zone right now uh, because i'm freaking out about this i'm gonna try to unplug it again and plug it back in and see if it fixes it it doesn't fix it i don't know why is this happening uh, yeah i don't know what's going on and it's internal so it's not uh, it's not going from obs to youtube and then getting the it's sync. within OBS. it's within obs and I have no idea why it's happening because I restarted my computer right before we go online. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it's like that. Uh, maybe we can uh, start talking a little bit about uh, Gregory. Mm -hmm. And hopefully while you're telling us ab about <laughs> Gregory, I can uh, fix this somehow. Do you, okay, do you think he has a solution? I don't think it has a solution. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. All right. Um, so the photographer we're going to talk about today, it's still a current photographer. So we are not going to talk about someone that has done work half a century ago. <laughs> he was born in the 60s and he has done mainly his work starting in the 90s, mid 90s up to today. He's still working. And as uh, Jimmy mentioned, we looked into this photographer because CM uh, suggested that we look at the documentary and then look a little bit more about the work that he has done. I think I had seen 
a couple of photos from him somewhere, maybe in a collective of photos or in some newspaper article or something like that. I don't really remember the details or I don't remember looking so much into it because with all the work and all the praise that these kind of photos can have it's not really really my cup of tea so I guess whenever I came across it it was just like yeah it's a photographer yeah it's a very big print or whatever or a very big photo but I didn't put more attention to it mm -hmm. but yesterday looking through the documentary and learning a little bit more about how he how he works and seeing this behind the scenes, which is the whole documentary about how he made one particular project of the projects that he has done throughout his life. Um, yeah, maybe I, not that I think different about his photography, but I can appreciate that the work that goes into making such images is crazy, mm -hmm. like just downright crazy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I read right, but he's known for being one of the most um, detailed photographers in the sense that he really pre-produces absolutely everything to take every image. And every image, unless the project is about taking photos outside and being not produced, the images that he presents are highly produced. Pre-produced, produced during the moment of taking the photo and post-produced. So all the production, it's heavily, heavily, heavily done to create these images. And the idea is that each of these images, in and of, themse of themselves, are a whole story. Mm -hmm. It's a moment in between moments, like he says, but it opens the possibility for a thousand ideas of what was happening before, what is the reason that what you're seeing in front of your eyes, and where that might be headed. And that's how he actually thinks about his photography and what he wants his photography to be. He's, on the interviews I have read, he's always about, I, I want the viewer to create their own stories. I want the viewer to wonder what's happening, why the subjects in the images are the way they are, and just make up their own stories of where is it going or, or you know, the whole reason for that imaging system. He doesn't really have uh, an agenda, although there are some overarching themes within each of the projects that he's kind of exploring, either the connection of nature with the human nature, um, the secrets that the people have within themselves and carry the in and the out and how they consume them. Or um, there was another series which was about um, the alienation and, and, the and the desire that people might have within them. So a lot about the human condition, I would say. Therefore, the majority of his photos have human subjects in them. Mm -hmm. And I want to say something. Sure. If, while I'm flipping through photos, you might see that this will disappear. And it's because there's a lot of nudity in some <laughs> of the photos. And because we're on YouTube, um, I'm trying not to, uh, you know, uh, show them. So it's just me. Uh, we ha I had an accident on a previous photo. Oh, okay. But it's just me uh, doing this, making sure the next photo is safe, and then I will display it again. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that because if you see it flashing in and out, you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and also I want to say something. These photos are huge. Like they're all, at least most of the ones that we saw in the, in the, um, what's it called? Beneath the, Beneath the Roses, Roses project, yeah. Uh, at least all of these were shot on 8x10 film. Yes. And uh, they seem to be like getting um, maximum focus. So like they're shooting with a very tight aperture and uh, probably utilizing some tilting and whatever. And also a lot of stitching. Uh, like I yes. read that he does a lot of stitching as well. Also in the documentary, mm -hmm. they talked about it openly. It's uh, that each photo is could be comprised of 50 negatives. They shoot 40 to 50 sheets of film to make a single photo. And they show you in the documentary how they're uh, stitching it all together. So I don't know if we're going to see that photo. I Maybe I'll talk about it when we get to it. I want to say this, though. Uh, is uh, you were saying that you've seen some of those photos and uh, you're, you're not sure where you've seen them before. I remember when I seen the first work of uh, Gregory, excuse me, and it was a, a video by Nick Carver on YouTube. Um, he was talking about, it's one of my favorite videos uh, yeah, yeah. on YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, where basically Nick is ranting and losing <laughs> his mind over editing. And if you're a fan of your keeping up with Nick's work, you know that he's... He, he doesn't edit his photos. And, and I, I, I was struggling a lot about this whole thing, right? Um, and I see, I understand why you would want to do it like, Nick's, uh, like Nick does it and why you would want to do it like Gregory does it. And even, even Nick in his video makes an exception where he's talking about, uh, he gives Gregory as an example and he shows, uh, I think, the previous photo uh, as one of the, one of the examples that he shows in the video, I remember this exact one, and um, so this photo, even though to you it could be, it it looks like you just walked into a room, and it was like that, and then you snapped the photo, and you know, and then they noticed you or something else happened or whatever, but um, the the cool thing about Gregory's work is that even for a photo like this, is there's so much that went on to to capture this photo so everything is intentional literally like it's, it's everything a, a lot of these photos on at least beneath the roses collection is basically took every single photo would cost the same production value as an indie movie so they would have cranes super like big lights ari ari skylights I mean, whatever yeah. they're called they were like hanging from a crane a mile ago, uh, away from the scene it's crazy it, it looks like it feels like it's a, a beam of sunlight or something like that uh, most of the photos w would have to be shot on like the uh, dusk mm -hmm. um, twilight twilight mm -hmm. hours so the lights will be effective otherwise it would be too weak compared to the sun to the sunlight a lot of the times they had to close the roads to get some of the <laughs> it's photos. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. The I mean, it's not. It's insane in the sense that it's not typical to have that kind of work for photography, mm -hmm. where everything is cut. It's calculated. It's decided down to the fold of this blanket on top of this bed and many of the the outside ones of course they are outside for real but many of the inside shots that you see 
They are, not, they, are, they are on set. Mm -hmm. They are not really a home. They made the home. They, For example, a lot of... They have bikes from the 70s. Mm -hmm. Every every object that you find that is from the 70s is carefully curated. It's decided mm -hmm. to be in the place where it is and how it is. It The attention to detail is commendable, even if you personally might not enjoy that kind of photography, which is super staged. It's crazy work. This photo... Uh, I think it's the last photo they talk about in the production. This was the last one to be shot in the um, um, uh, Beneath the Roses. Mm -hmm. And actually, the documentary title makes a cameo mm -hmm. here in this one, Brief Encounters. So this was, um, it was a snowy day and they managed to talk to the, uh, what do you call it? Like the... Uh, the town hall, I guess. Or? Yeah, whoever organizes the town. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor or something yeah. i don't know who they talked to and they were be were able to secure a road closure mm. uh, because this is like a main street in that town and there's a theater right here and they basically closed this road uh, for a few hours the day before that they went and they set up all the lightings and everything they even <laughs> cut down some street signs yes. so like literally with a saw they would yeah. cut down some street signs to position the camera where they want it to be because where the camera is, I think there was a street sign yeah. blocking the view. And there was also one of these uh, not trespassing, not lit, 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 littering like a sign. On a sign on one of the um, light posts and they took right that here. away also. Yeah, they took it down. Uh, this car was actually stationary, even though it looks, it feels like it's moving. Yeah. Uh, the person inside the car is an actor. Uh, this person also is an actor and this woman also is an actor. They had to reposition uh, the table last minute. They had to bring her some food, put yeah. it there. And again, you're looking at this, even with all this detail, this is nothing compared to what the full resolution of the image, uh, of the image would be because I don't know if you've seen any drum scans of uh, large format photos, but the amount of detail that you can uh pull out of an image is insane i've seen a um, there's a video on youtube you can just google drum scan there's a guy who shows you how much detail there is in a four by five sheet and this is an eight by ten so for the unini uninitiated i would say that imagine this as a complete roll of 35 millimeter film so this is exactly what it is if you take 36 pictures of 35 millimeter you can lay them all within this one picture that's how much detail you have here so imagine it S split this single image to 36 frames um, I think this is a crop because the aspect ratio is not exactly 8 by 10 mm -hmm. but still you're still super close um, and it, yeah and it's crazy uh, and also uh, here in the snow, if you watch in the documentary, there was a truck that came from last minute. last minute, like right before they were about to shoot, a truck came and put some uh, some tracks in the snow. So I see them start to shovel snow from the side outside the frame and put it in the in the tracks. This is crazy. And then they crazy fixed work. the rest of it in post. Uh, actually, for this particular project, he really, really wanted to have that theatrical and cinematic feeling. So. Uh, for this project, these are the biggest prints he ever made for a photography exhibition. And they are about two meters wide or something like that. It's you know, crazy, crazy big. When we were watching, I was looking at those prints and I was thinking they're, they're too small. 
Yes, you'll be bigger. It should I be like a whole, like a whole like side a big of a wall. room so that you go, just get yeah, in. You go into a room and it's the full wall, basically, is the is the picture. It would be so nice, you know, like a room where all the sides are black and mm-hmm. then you get in and what you see in front of you is this thing. This this place, you basically are transported in time and space and you're be put there. It's like walking into uh, like, a, like a movie theater that is on pause, basically. Yeah. That's what can you're you, imagining. Can you imagine also that the room would give you some other like vibes or being in such a place like through smells or through cold wind or mm-hmm. something like that? That should be like a crazy experience. Right. Don't give away your ideas. Maybe that's your next project. <laughs> It's a bit like 4D cinema, right? <laughs> Where yeah. they splash water in your face <laughs> as you go. <laughs> I've never been in one of those. I went on one that uh, the seats were moving and they also had this this like kind of cable that would go around and it would touch your feet when, when something would come. It was kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at this. It's so crazy. And to be honest, now that you mentioned a lot of some of the work of Nick Carver... Mm-hmm. It reminds me of work of this. It's just that it's diametrically opposite because Nick wants to really capture the moment where it sits there without nothing being changed. Mm-hmm. And for that, for example, watch the last video he up- uploaded, uh, his quest to take this photo of this entire uh, store. It's yeah. so amazing. He really wants to not interfere at all with what's happening and mm-hmm. still capture the America's soul in a sense. Mm-hmm. And Gregory here, what he does is create his his idea and, and his thoughts of America through completely made up mm-hmm. situations. But still they do make people go back to something that they feel, something that they can recognize, mm-hmm. even though they are completely made up situations. Which yeah. it's he does interesting. Definitely has a, somewhat of a message in his work. Yeah. Um, it's not just documenting what's there, it's Telling the story of what's this. It's a different thing. And also pushing for a thought and for a reaction. I've, I find like his work is... It's a, it, it really hopes for creating a turmoil of the person that is looking at the photograph. Mm-hmm. It, it is aiming at, at having some emotional connection with the viewer. Yeah. The every photo. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things like... The, I really want to, I don't want to spoil the documentary if you're planning to watch it but you will you will get like you you will get it from him really what's the message here what's the idea behind these photos the the moments that he he's creating the subjects and his personal life what he's going through and maybe what's the drive behind these different uh, these different projects as well mm-hmm. but what I want uh, so one of the things that we were curious while we were watching, we were arguing about this, where was the fact that um, <laughs> when the photos are being captured, he's not the one triggering the shutter. Yeah. That's how crazy these sets are. Basically, what he's doing, he's standing like two feet so two feet away from the uh, from the camera, and he's sh- yelling at people. Imagine a movie director. Yeah, he right? looks like a movie director. It's it, just that he's a one second yeah. movie. Exactly. Let's say it's uh, one often, second movie. Often it's one second because they have to do uh, sl- uh, lo- uh, long. long exposures yeah. because of the shutter speed. I guess uh, I think because of the aperture. Mm-hmm. I can't speak. <laughs> but um, it's so cool. Like there's basically people standing behind the camera with a bunch of film load- film loaders, 
and switching switching them out while he's standing over there and he's like in position hold and then action or something like yeah, that yeah hold is when then it happens yeah it's it like... says hold and everybody has to like completely freeze and then they take the photo they take a break and that 50 times yeah and they do it like 50 times <laughs> And and then it goes to editors who will like basically refine everything and then he will come in and look at it and be like, okay, I want, so I really want to see that baby photo. Uh, it's um, This one is cool. Uh, yeah, this, this one was done on a soundstage. This is from the Twilight series. Right. And it's a recreation of a famous painting. Ophelia. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's the division between... The living, the dead, the day, the night. It's it's a very exactly that in between. And I think the whole Twilight series is looking into what happens be behind doors when the sun goes down. That's why it's called Twilight. Mm -hmm. What are people into? What are their secrets? What are their stories? There are a couple of images that are pretty powerful in that. Uh, they also talk about this in a documentary where like bit. they uh, you, something about the Twilight where there's a shift in human life mm -hmm. from the public to the private. So during the day, you're outside, you're at work, you're putting yourself out there. People know where you are. People know what you're doing because you're at work, you're, you're seen. And then and at, in the evening, you go home and everybody goes home and that's where secrets live. Mm -hmm. uh, really cool idea, really cool concept of making photos. You, when you're watching the documentary, you see that he's working with writers. and uh, They write scripts, they, write, they make... Um, what do you call them? Uh, a storyboard? A storyboard. So mm -hmm. basically they draw the whole scene. They imagine How the they whole scene. How they want it, yeah. And you were mentioning this earlier. The props that they're using, like for example, let's say this watch, uh, this clock on a, on a desk, on a bookshelf. This clock right here or this vase or this uh, lamp, uh, they could have chosen them from like 50 different ones that looks the same. And you'd be like, this is the one that I want. This is the this one is too much. This one is too little. And then, you know, he would go through so many different props to pick everyone. So like this phone right here, this lamp, everything is I so mean, intentional. I feel like that it's very important if you want to create the right mood, if you want to create the right atmosphere and ambience. Because I realized, for example, the the TV series or the movies that are or ought to create other times, mm -hmm. the ones that really make it well, the ones that, that for me, I believe, they really d follow the same approach, which is they're using real objects. They're, for example, I'm thinking about Chernobyl, for Chernobyl TV series. Mm -hmm. They went to flea markets they went to old homes everything that you see the clothes the the watches the the glasses that the people are wearing they're actually from that those years like everything is from from the time where it was supposed to be and i know that you you know people might say but nowadays we can also just recreate things you know just fabricate them or make them but i don't think it's the same I don't think then on the total of putting the things together, you are getting the same re the same uh, result. I don't think so. I think if the, going to the source and getting these props really from the time where they were, it also brings, I don't know, some sort of a spirit or soul to the f image or to the movie or to whatever you are creating. And I think it 
even if it doesn't do that, I think it puts you on a on a specific journey to like maybe stumbling upon something else. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because sometimes you have an idea to do something. And as you're going about doing whatever you imagined, you come across a lot of other things that <laughs> then will, you know, influence your end result and you will learn a lot through the, the journey. So I think going the extra mile to, you know, get real props, like, you know, something from, as you said, from uh, um, thrift stores or whatever to get authentic things instead of remaking them. I think that will... I mean, that's the way I would do it if I would yeah. have to do something yeah. like that because then you would stumble upon other stories. You know, you would meet people, you would talk to people. I don't know what you do, but maybe nothing of that happens, but maybe it will as well. So Yeah, and also I guess intrinsic stories of the things that you would use as well, you know, like might prompt you for further projects and further ideas or it just like inspire you in a way. It's not the same thing that going to a store and buying a... Uh, 70s looking clock than going down to the thrift store getting this 70s clock that was in someone's home for that long that meant something to someone you know it's it's a, just a different story altogether yeah and spe- um, you know especially when it's that curated that you know like especially with that you're putting so much attention to every single detail mm-hmm. And those images. See, I'm saying the previous one, the one with the woman, um, very much inspired by Davis Lynch, Blue Velvet, and indeed, like uh, he's heavily inspired by movie directors and movies, Alfred Hitchcock, David Lynch, um, The Close Encounters of the Third Face, which is Spielberg's movie of the third kind. Of the third kind. Sorry, it's because I'm mixing the Spanish name, which is called <laughs> Encuentros en la Tercera Fase. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a different translation many times. And uh, yeah, that's why he also decided on Brief Encounters. And when he saw that movie theater with that title as well, it it really spoke to him. (laughs) This one, uh, again, because of the way they're uploaded to this website, they're not full resolution. Yeah. But I want you to imagine that this one would be super crisp, even if you zoom in harder than (laughs) this. So like there's a woman in the car and then there's nobody in the driver's seat and it's just right there in the middle of the road and the driver has left the vehicle right there and uh, and um, you can see her face in the in the original photo mm-hmm. and uh, she had to put on a sp- like she had to act for this photo that's what i also saw pretty much uh, in the documentary that you know he really wants the the actors, like we can call them the actors, mm-hmm. to get into their role, to express these emotions. And I, I do feel like the majority of the subjects in Gregory's photos are heavily um, in an emotional state. Mm-hmm. It's like the the thoughts, the the feelings are weighing on them, the majority of, of the subjects. Yeah. I mean, look at this one. Yeah, this one, for example, it tries to represent, you know, that the struggle somehow she really loved her garden and he wanted to bring it closer to her and then she struggled throughout bringing these roses buds into into the bed with her and she is holding them with this very careful stance of like i really care for this this is very important to me but it's dying it's going away from me sort of thing that's what i get from from it's this. it's uh, cool how you got that from it. I got nothing to be honest with you. I, I read about it. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I, and then after I read, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I just felt like she, like you know, uh, to me, this it's like you know, like from a movie. It feels like you know. Imagine that you're with someone, your par- your partner, and they got shot or stabbed or something, and they're bleeding. Mm. And then you drag them all the way here, but then they didn't make it, and you're sitting there with the remains. Yeah. Sad. Uh, I don't know how that's different than what you said. It's not different. It's exactly the same. It's the it felt something, different something that she really loves, that she brought with her, that she's caring for, that she really would like to have with her, but it's going away. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing, be it roses or be it a person, right? That's true. These also are, all of them right now we're watching, are from the collection Beneath the Roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we saw all of them that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they made 50 images for this project. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you can find all of them. I think it has to, I don't think you can find them online. I try. I think it's only up for, you know, either catalogs or you go and see the photos in live the gallery. in a gallery. Right. But in the documentary itself, there's a lot more um, that you can look I and th- you can see the full resolution where they uh, zoom in. Uh, really close. I think the baby one, I saw it in a website somewhere, so we might come across it. Well, it should have been here because this is Beneath the Roses. Yeah, but I think it might be, there's one that is untitled. I think it's in that one. If you go to that one. Sorry for the blank. So, (laughs) there's quite a lot of nudity. Yeah, all right. But I believe it's there. Okay, let's see. Oh, yeah, I found it. Yeah. So this one, also, you can uh, see it in the uh, documentary. This was, was inspired by the movie Psycho from Hitchcock, he said, right? Yeah. I think. And this one, again, is a movie set. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, they had to bring the snow from somewhere. Uh, everything is... So basically, this whole thing, this door, it's there. What's behind the door is there. But it's... Uh, Carefully placed, so it sees the way. No, but also you see it when the in the editing. Yeah, yeah, it's that's from true. a different exposure where it's brighter than. It's a bit of a HDR in thing yeah. kind of thing. So it's 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 plastered in this part. Uh, the baby. The amount of compositing is. Yeah, yeah. The, the baby is uh, also plastered in. That different than the mo- mother. Because the baby was moving, and they were, they had to wait for like two hours for the baby to fall asleep. They had to put a heated blanket underneath that blanket yeah. for the baby to finally feel comfortable. Yeah, it's it's yeah, so cool this photo how they did it, and this is actual a, a real baby that is two weeks old, and that's yeah. the baby's mother. Um, a really and cool. She photo. was actually not an actor or anything. She had never acted before or no. been taking a photograph like this. Most of the people in his in his. Uh, Some are actors. Some are actually actors. And there's a one project where he actually wanted only close people to him. So those ones were also amateur, so to mm-hmm. speak. Right. Yeah, this collection is uh, quite cool. Let's see. Again, you you will see a lot of similar, like it's all following under the same theme. It feels to me. It's mm-hmm. this suburban setting with a lot of despair yeah despair is uh, it's one photo that kind of unites it all actually while i was reading about his work i be- came across the uncanny again mm-hmm. and this time i'm like i'm not letting it pass i'm gonna deeply read about this what what it is what does it mean and 
And then it actually was much easier than I thought. So the uncanny, it's it's a feeling that we get when we are experiencing something that a priori or at the first look is something familiar, is something that we should be used to, something that should not, you know, give us any trouble into understanding. But there is something about it that makes us wary of it and makes us take a distance and to say there is something here that makes me feel unsettled. That's the uncanny, is that this is a very big part of similarity to something that is very familiar to us, yet there is something that doesn't add up, that doesn't match, that is out of place, out of space, out of time, something. Like and the main the main example that is given to explain the uncanny is the feeling that people get when they are in front of a humanoid robot. Mm-hmm. which is very similar to a human. It's even like flesh-like um, material. They imitate gestures like um, blinking and uh, sighing and just like very human-like. It's familiar, it should be, but there's still something that is not according to how it should be, which is that they are not really humans. Mm-hmm. And this is what is called the valley of the uncanny. It's like when the something is just get so... I think this was a, there was a podcast about Westworld. Yeah, right. So Westworld is uncanny valley. So Westworld is exactly the epitome of the uncanny, which is it's it's supposed to be familiar. It's supposed to be something we can deal with, and yet there's something there. So Gregory is very much into trying to represent this uncanny feeling in his images. Mm -hmm. They are familiar uh, settings, you know, towns where you know things are normal, yet. The use of the lighting, the position of the subjects in the in the framing and the compositions makes us feel like so, something else is going on. Something that we cannot really understand. And it might even be dangerous or it might be scary or it might be uh, an enigma that we cannot resolve those kind of feelings altogether. Mm-hmm. These photos... Uh, the photos that we're looking at now are the ones from Italy, right? Uh, yeah, if I it's called, so. uh, that's the Sanctuary. project called Sanctuary in 2009. So after the project that we saw, the 2002-2008 Beneath the Roses, mm-hmm. he was very heavily involved in this for many years, creating this artwork. He decided to take a trip outside of um, of the US, and this is the first and only work he has done outside the US. He went to Rome and he was allowed to visit this uh, cinema studio setup that was used a long time ago that was completely abandoned. And it's full of these buildings. I think that's where they filmed the, like, uh, is that what they, are they called spaghetti westerns? Well, the spaghetti westerns were done in the south of Spain, actually. All right. Which we also have similar things to this, which are these movie studios. Are you sure they weren't done here? I think the majority were either Italy because they were Italian directors yeah. or South of Spain yeah. because it was so cheaper. Here. But I'm not sure Rome because at least the vibe I get there is more from like movies of Roman times. Oh, yeah. That's more true. than, you know, the Western, West, Western, West. West uh, so Spaghetti Westerns, it's, yeah, Italy, but I guess maybe more South. Okay. And then South of Spain as well. Maybe sometimes I can find someone that does photography job there. It would be cool to see. These um, are really cool. Which also, here, here's the thing. If you're a photographer and you want to do something similar, I have a tip for you that I stumbled upon yesterday. Um, and that's It's in China, so I have to go to China. Uh. <laughs> but there's apparently the city in China. Uh, I think you can Google it. Um, 
but I can't remember the name right now. It's a, it's a, it's not a complete city. It's more like two districts, mm-hmm. uh, two two uh, two. Uh, what do you call them? Like, like yeah, like urban districts. Yeah, that were basically built or started to be built uh, somewhere rec- sometime recently. And they built everything, like a bunch of residential buildings, bunch of shopping malls, a huge area. And um, during the development of this project, uh, the company that was doing it was under um, investigation, became mm-hmm. under investigation for some financial fraud or whatever. And um, because of that, the stock price dipped too low. And then they couldn't afford to finish the project and they filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And now you have this ghost town, basically. It's two crazy. complete urban districts like that are with empty. everything. Like there are skyscrapers, there are smaller buildings, there are pools, there are cars inside that have been abandoned. It looks insane. It's so, 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 so cool. And actually what they... It, it reminds me a little bit of Vegas because mm. what they tried to do is to recreate the architecture and the feeling of European cities yeah. and other places. There was a building that looks like the Kremlin. Yeah, and there was... The, yes, the like the Russian Orthodox churches and then there's other part that was supposed to be Southern Italy with these Italian houses. So it's like you have all these different vibes all within the same area and all decaying, <laughs> which is really cool. Crazy. It's really cool. So it's kind of, it has like these vibes, but I think on a much bigger scale. Much bigger. And this actually is one of the few projects that he has done on digital mm-hmm. because he normally works on film. Yeah. And what we read online is that he mostly worked with Portra, Portra 100 and C, when yeah. he used to assist. I mm-hmm. don't know now what he's doing. And this one actually was digital. And this one he calls himself the most documentary photography project that he has done. Mm-hmm. So it, he didn't involve any crew. He didn't involve any artificial lighting. It was all... They just showed up. Just and showed up. I mean, in pictures. the documentary, we see some of these photos. There were like at least three, four guys behind the camera. But... <laughs> <laughs> and I, if I remember correctly, because I got a glimpse of the camera they were using, and I know you guys love talking about gear. <laughs> uh, I think it was a medium format technical camera. So it was a, using large format lenses but it had a, a medium format digital back mm-hmm. on the back side of it. I wouldn't expect any less of someone yeah. that want to take like huge pictures, even though I think this project for him, it was uh, meant to be printed in small format, more like snapshots of mm-hmm. sorts, he, he was saying. So this is the next one that was done uh, between January and March of 2016. And it's called uh, Cathedral of Pines. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we see we've seen some of those images earlier because I was looking through the homepage. Yeah, um, so it was it was exhibited in 2016. It was shot between 2013 and 2014. So it took right. like two years to prepare the whole show and the whole exhibition. And this one uh, explores the ideas of isolation mm-hmm. and how humans might behave in a desolate natural environment. The subjects appears traumatized by mysterious events or suspended suspended in a future state Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like the tagline of the project and for this one he really wanted to be something intimate he shot in around just one town of massachusetts where he uh, had some like he grew up around that town or something like that and he also this is the one that he used mostly known people to him as the subject 
so cool i really like the, the these shots with the with with from indoors to outdoors mm-hmm. something about those shots really and the lighting is really the, nice the light is must masterful work the light i mean he has with him a huge crew of people that only work with light on movie studios so it's continuous light they are very careful and even though the light is set up perfectly for what they are looking for still different exposures are needed and then stitch it together and make this overall crazy image that he makes it's so beautiful so i guess that one you know it's in winter (laughs) there's a lot of yeah i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry i keep uh it's good that you do like that yeah because of the youtube thingies but again if you if you don't mind looking at uh, these photos the link is in the description go and look at them you can probably zoom in at at your will and read more about them if you're interested Uh, i like the utilizations of mirrors as well in some of the shots yeah because it's like to me he he utilizes that to show you even more of the secrets of what he's unrevealing throughout so there's some of there's a couple of pictures i don't know if he's here where you can see someone in a bed but then only through the mirror you can see what's going on next to them Mm -hmm. because of how the composition is made so much detail everywhere and imagine about all these i'm sure all these broken things they were broken on purpose yeah for that specific shot I remember in the other one, the baby with the snow, how they were putting like white white paint around the glass to look at it if it was like frozen because it was snowing outside. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like so much detail. Redemption Center. Yeah. What is that? What is the Redemption Center? The Redemption Center, I guess it's a place where you go to redeem your sins. <laughs> Uh, in this particular project, no, is this from the Cathedral of Pines? This one is the, the next Eclipse project. Of Mons- uh, yeah, Eclipse, yeah, this Eclipse. is the last one according to your My notes. Uh, chronological notes. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was uh, shot between 2018 and 2019 and is the last exhibition that uh, has been mounted of his work. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's called Eclipse of Moths because this is actually what happens when you have a light in summer and you have a ton of moths that come and they gather around the light. That's called an eclipse of moths because it's kind of eclipsing the light coming from the from the bulb, and all these photos revolve a- around light or light posts, where are either they are either illuminating, bringing light to the situation, or even some of the f- images it feels like the light is calling the subject. Mm-hmm. If you if you pay attention to how they are like positioned and where they are looking at. Um, it's it's like the subjects are drawn to the street lamps almost as if the light is like a kind of force that is calling them so much detail (laughs) i really enjoy zooming in and just you know scrolling around at first glance i never i didn't notice the swimming up here right no it's uh but then you have to zoom in and see somebody was talking um in a documentary about how people behave in the exhibitions of gregory Mm -hmm. And I think it was, uh, I don't remember who the woman was, but she was saying that uh, I've never seen anybody spend so much time like they do uh, in front of Gregory's uh, photos. 
excuse me. As you said at the beginning, when we started watching the documentary, another very well-known photography that does hugely stage photographs is uh, David LaChapelle. LaChapelle? David LaChapelle. David LaChapelle. And I've been in one of his exhibitions here in Stockholm, and it's true. You, you, there is so much going on in his pictures. And his pictures are much less natural, if one can say, than mm -hmm. these pictures. These at least, you know, as I said, they are, they are images that you can feel and relate to. You know more or less what's going on. There is this nature, there's these buildings. It's, a, di it's a different thing because the, what this guy is, feels to me is like he's doing. That's why I liked you For you, you noticed like some of these photos, they feel similar to Nick's photos, even though Nick is not editing anything. He just wants to capture a single moment that exists there at some point. But if you watch his videos and you see how he makes his photos, he's very selective about the moment. Mm -hmm. So he would visit the same location many times across multiple months and then, you know, just wait for the exact right moment when it comes to the, the amount right of light. clouds in the mm -hmm. sky, the, the time of the day, rain, no rain. Are there signs in the street? Is there anybody parked, not parked? So he, he almost wants to create the scene uh, or the moment but instead of affecting it, he's just waiting for it to happen uh, naturally. naturally. Yeah. What Gregory feels to me like he's doing, in contrast with the David LaChapelle uh, photos, uh, is that he's trying to create a moment that he imagined that it occurred at some point, that it, it will occur, it will be there at some point, but it's so hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be able to capture it with such detail. Mm -hmm. So he's interfering and he's recreating it or creating it, but he's mm -hmm. recreating it from imagination. But it's not so uh, far from reality when mm -hmm. it comes to imagination. While when you look at um, at least one photo that I remember, I'm not very familiar with David LaChapelle's work, just because I'm, it doesn't really suits my taste, and it's uh, the colors. It's sometimes it's too colorful, too flashy. It's too, it's too everything. It like it's, it's over what the it top. is too is over the top on everything. Um, Production, colors, editing, everything. The one that I remember is the cover of a famous rapper. I can't remember the Trevor, name right now. Trevor, something. Something Scott. Trevor Scott. Tra Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Yeah. Um, so there's two versions I think of that same photo one is day uh, and night mm -hmm. day and night and the difference of the of the and and that place like it's just the whole thing is imaginary yeah. you know everything about it is over the top it's uh, like a different world yeah altogether. it's a it's like a dream world yeah basically it feels it feels like it feels like what something that you would see in a dream mm -hmm. so it has real elements in it but nothing makes any sense this yeah. to me makes a lot of sense like yeah. i could imagine something that led up to this moment um which is really cool and i kind of dig it for that reason even though it's not real it feels real mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah that's that's what we were talking about the uncanny that he really puts yeah. an effort that you get a familiar feeling of it and within that familiarity there are elements of surprise of mystery of uh, enigma and all these things that make you think of a story rather than just oh yeah i was there it doesn't really matter you know there is something going on something happened before something is gonna happen after there's a reason for that particular moment in time 
So I'm sorry I I dropped the conversation because <laughs> I'm right. I'm just <laughs> looking at if I'm missing anything here in the photo. Yeah. What do you guys think? The chat is awfully quiet. <laughs> Maybe they are watching the movie the movie no the photo as well. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny because he apparently goes over and over to certain towns. Mm -hmm. uh, he photographs on those towns. And in the documentary, there was this guy who, like, he recognizes him and he's like, yeah, you are the closest to a historian we have around here because he oh, goes yeah. and he just photographs the town over and over again from different angles, different streets. That was a cool moment. Yeah. Uh, did you see, like, the majority of his uh, traffic light poles are always in orange? In yellow. Yeah. I wonder, uh, yeah, that's, I think, um, sends a message somehow. Right? That is, like, yellow, it's neither go or stop, it's limbo. It's lim limbo is actually another of the main topics and themes in his photography. Yeah. It's so cool. The, the deeper you dive into his photos, like, on the surface, you could think that uh, it's kind of boring you know and we were when we were looking uh, <laughs> for information about what kind of film he was shooting at uh, on yesterday yeah uh, eva came across some comments on the internet saying ah oh, this uh, what what do you remember what the exact yeah, comment so was, was? It like uh, can we please spell boring at least in my honest opinion <laughs> yeah i mean i i see how you could uh, on the surface perceive it that way um and um yeah i uh even even me personally in the beginning of the documentary i kind of felt bored in the beginning something about the documentary being too close to the photographer <laughs> they're, do they're documenting kind of rubbed me the wrong way but i kind of i didn't want to be so critical or you know i wanted to i wanted to enjoy it mm -hmm. so i did and uh, the more i watched the more i learned I, the, and now like dissecting these photos here with you guys because I didn't look at the website before we go live so a lot of these photos I'm seeing for the first time and I'm starting to pick up these themes and it's starting to um, you know uh, go up in uh, in cool value to me yeah, if that's a thing for, for my side as I said it might not be you know the type of photography I would choose to either consume if one can say that or like 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 um how you say like enjoy by looking at them just because of how it looks like no background nothing known about it just give me this photo i will look at it and i will say like yeah but no knowing that it's actually nothing that it's real kind of takes value away from what i enjoy in a photography and i much prefer to maybe look at photographs that are maybe not as impactful in terms of lighting and composition which these ones are crazy good at that but they mean more to me because they represent real moments in time real people that were going through things because to me a lot of the value and the power of photography is that it's a way to stop the time that really exists mm -hmm. but the more i got to know about how he works behind the scenes which is you know insane and all these intentions with the photography and of course i enjoy movies as well which majority of the time are not real you know they are made up stories mm -hmm. 
I feel like maybe I should be more, I'll be more open or lenient to also enjoy this kind of photography for its own right and its own uh, value, which of course you cannot say there is a stream value in these photographs, both in the storytelling mode and what they're trying to achieve with the public and what they're telling, but also technically speaking, they are masterpieces to be able to create an image like that. For sure. And it's very, to me, what also makes me really happy is that there is people out there willing to finance these kind of projects. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point that you bring up is the way that you're you're okay, um, you know, suspending belief to enjoy a movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the stories feel so real. You get attached mm -hmm. to these characters. A lot of the actors, for example, who would do sitcoms or, you know, series that would span uh, long, many years. Yeah. They struggle later to be accepted as a different character. Yeah. You know, like if, I don't know, maybe like, Friends, people friends, from friends, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, uh, Ross and Rachel, and Rachel will always be <laughs> yes. Ross and Rachel. Uh, I think, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Aniston kind of managed to exit that. Like, you know, now she's Jennifer Aniston because she yeah. did, she worked a lot and she did a lot of different roles. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I, I think the actor who played Ross didn't work as much or like uh, the other actors. Joey as well, uh, Chandler. They're, they're still the people from Friends. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? uh so it's why where was i going with this yeah so the same way you're we're we're okay suspending belief in that way um i really enjoy these photos in the same way mm -hmm. so i enjoy these photos as if it was a movie in yeah. a way um and I appreciate, as you said, the amount of production that goes into it. Like, I think that's very important. It sends a really good message that it it makes a difference yeah. to put in the extra effort. Meaning that you can, you can put together a similar image kind of, uh, you know, by photoshopping everything mm -hmm. and whatever, like, and yeah. plastering everything. Though. And even though this one has plastering, like, I'm assuming... Because I know they have the crane lights. Yeah. And I mean, looking at this dude over here. With the lights. And then when I look at him, he brings the, the fact that these other two also, they look lit up mm -hmm. separately. Like they're something about them pop more than the rest of the image. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they had the, the lights, the beam lights uh, lighting them, them up. Yeah. But then you don't see any shadows. So I'm thinking maybe they took an exposure without the lights or the street. Yeah. That's like the base exposure to fill in whatever. And then they took another exposure and these guys are plastered in from different ones. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of work. And of it's course. a lot of intentionality in the, you know, but then what kind of bugs me is that when you just, you know, take a photo and remove a, a light post, a or, light something. post or something and... This I is mean, all thought before the image is done. You yeah. Know, I think that also has value to it's it. It's different. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Do whatever you want. Again, like, I can't stop you from doing whatever. And I can't, <laughs> if, even if I say it's wrong, it doesn't mean that I'm right. Mm -hmm. But uh, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It just feels lazy to me. It just feels something weird. Like, it doesn't feel right to me. It's just, and for some reason, you can tell, like, they, these photos that I'm talking about, that are over edited that are lazily edited that is like just hyped up mm 
<laughs> with like over the top editing in a way that mm -hmm. just just like ugh, when I, whenever you see it like what am i looking at there's so many contrasting colors and Sorry. different stuff bless you thank you uh it's just i mean this photo had way more work done than any of those photos that i'm that i see on instagram on like popular on social media or whatever tiktok photographers and all that stuff this photo is 10 times edited more than yeah. those photos and somehow it feels more natural than anything than that yeah. you know what i mean so yeah if you want to edit your photos learn from this guy it's like good work uh actually i also went to his uh, instagram and one of the latest photos posted on the instagram it reminds me so much of a photo you took last summer like if you have after we finish with this we can go to the instagram and you can check now it out i'm curious yeah i think you're gonna know what are those these are um from from a the the bus or there was a truck that is on fire on the side so i think these were part of either the bus or something are you referring to a, pr a different image oh sorry yeah i was thinking about the other one no, no. i think these are uh, roadblocks they kind of look like uh concrete like tomb is that is that a, or like a grave yeah coffins cement coffins cement yeah coffins i don't know it's it's so cool because i mean if you look at the documentary which we recommend you watch it so you can see all these cr crazy things of behind the scenes at the beginning of his work it wasn't as highly produced or he didn't have the strings to pull or the contacts to make it happen as as good as later in the time mm -hmm. so he would come out tricks to try to put things into the into the frame that he wanted to have there like for example the example of that photo that they were doing in the middle of the street they didn't really close the, the but they put a lot of things in the street and then they call the police, so the police will come and there will be a police car in the shot, they, you know? They call the police on themselves, basically, to, <laughs> to have a police car in the shot because they illegally closed the road. So he, he got his assistant to call them and report that somebody's closing the road. It's crazy. That's so cool. That Let's is be so Be resourceful. Cool. That's what the, the, kind of like the bottom line here. Be yeah. resourceful if you want, you know, the police maybe call the police <laughs> <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure that's technically a crime i think the crime is already crossing the street it's not a false uh, it's not a false, uh, a false calling, call. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so cool so interesting yeah this but one's interesting well you passed it i think i'm sorry but no, uh, i had to skip a couple yeah the cobra one was interesting yeah now i'm so curious about the instagram yeah thing. we will all right i i want to see it okay we can all go right. and watch it maybe we can come back to this i'm so i'm trying really hard to to ignore the fact that our stream is completely out of sync <laughs> and i really don't know what's causing it to be honest with well you. it seems like people are still with us so maybe they are enjoying it regardless yeah uh, maybe they are not looking at our faces yeah There's no you need to look at our faces you don't need to absolutely not okay <laughs> i found the instagram i think everything is safe for work so you can open it all right let's see what, what photo reminds you of a photo that you took of, of these yeah you had to move more it's already there none of them yeah you remember the one you took by the water of the man sitting next to the pier oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. exactly the same the first one in the middle row this one yeah 
it reminds me so much. It's a different... You have the same kind of framing. It was a very similar situation of the camera respect to the to the um, landscape. Yeah. Very, it really, I like your photo more, actually. It was taken in medium format. It's really cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it I, has a very similar vibe. Yeah, I can see. I can see how it's similar. Yeah. Cool. Look at this. This would be something that would be prepared before some of these photos that we were looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so it says, one of my favorite paintings I did with gouache last year. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, he would, he would draw something like that when he's imagining uh, the scene. And then uh, you can see very similar to to the photos that he makes yeah so he imagines the whole thing he draws it he writes a script he gets the act oh look there's a meme with uh, bernie it <laughs> 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 was so cool uh yeah so you can like have an idea to this man's mind how, how it works um uh, so much despair yeah I really like it. I wonder what it says here because there's a yellow traffic light. Uh, an eclipse of moth. Yeah, that's the latest one. So I think it's a slideshow, perhaps? I guess so. Cool stuff. Oh, I already follow him. Cool. <laughs> Check out his Instagram. Give him a follow if you already don't. Yeah. Uh, right. So what do we have next? Boom. Yeah, and then we're done with these. So I think that should uh, be all for today. We've been on uh, for one and a half hour <laughs> um, with a lot of technical issues. I'm not going to go back to the main screen so you don't feel how much delay it is. <laughs> at least keep staring at the photo in the center. Don't look at our faces because we're way out of sync. <laughs> and we really appreciate you guys that stuck around with us and join us every week for this uh crazy podcast that goes off the rail almost <laughs> for sure every week we had we had a good two weeks i think with no errors yeah and today i felt confident that okay not gonna use the ice bricks and look i'm gonna do it in front of you right here you can see we're at 66 65 degrees on the cpu and gpu and i think that's that's okay that's it seems hot to me but <laughs> yeah but that's normal for this not laptop. Hot. it's not uh uh, you know, when I'm usually editing photos, it gets this hot. So it's not... Uh, I know it's not the... It's not the heat. By the way, we have to maybe talk about that we finally scan our first for real 4x5 photos. And they look so good. <laughs> yeah. You want to you wanna see those? I'm, I really like the photos. I think maybe people... We want to watch them. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> Everybody's so quiet in the chat. They are probably doing something else with it. They don't. They, if they if they are not looking at us, they don't. Wanna, they have their hands somewhere else, maybe. Let's see. We did a bunch of pictures recently. We got a sun ray box. Expect a review soon. Yes, that's gonna be the best video ever because it's the best copy light ever. It's so bright. Oh, you want to see some washi photos? Uh, I guess people would like to watch to see those washi photos. And forever, for forever, for everyone that is at home listening uh, after the fact on your podcast, then come and check out the, the this YouTube. This is my uh, friend. Uh, he looks. Chronic really... fish is eagerly waiting. 
Cool. Uh, they're taking a while to load because these are uh, PSDs. Samuel looks like Jesus so much. And he does look like, especially when he's inverted. <laughs> it's like his other side of the face. It looks more like Jesus. This was outside our friend's uh, coffee shop that sadly closed. Um, yeah. It was in Stockholm. I think the place will reopen with different owners, but... Uh, different name, I guess. Yeah. And this is uh, my friend as well. So for anyone that doesn't really know or didn't remember us mentioning, this washi film is actually paper film. Mm-hmm. So it's a paper, Japanese paper, koshi paper, I think it's called, koji paper. And it's hand-coated with a coat of em- sensitive emulsions, light sensitive emulsion. And then it's dried or everything dark, put onto the 120 spool. And then you shoot that. And you shoot it between ISO 6 and ISO 12, yeah, right? Depending on if it's depending sunny or light. cloudy. And then you actually scan it like a film. You don't scan it as a reflective paper, which you can do it, but it's so thin that you can actually do it as a refle- as a transparency, like normal film. And these are actually scanned that way. To be honest with you, these photos are amazing. Right? I really like them. There is a lot of detail. There is ton- more tonal range that I expected, especially Me if too. you've seen our last video that I completely screwed it up. But it, I put so much effort in filming it. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put it out anyway. Um, but uh, for some reason, whenever I'm filming a video, I screw stuff up. Whenever I'm shooting by myself, everything comes out wonderfully. So that's the dilemma of you not getting more YouTube videos from us. But we did go out and shoot with a camera that I'm not going to tell you anymore about. It's not like, you know, don't get your... <laughs> forget what I said anything. <laughs> right? All right. Just make sure you watch our next video. It's going to be cool. Um, uh, and it's coming. I promise that this one is coming. It, it has to. It has to come out. It will come out. Yeah. We'll make it happen. Uh, why, why, why did we come here? To show the 4x5, actually. All right. That's true. Oh, we, we did take take a, a few more uh, photos that mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ever going to post on Instagram, but here are some of them. Uh, these are still not finished. I'm still working on them. But uh, we were driving back home super late. It was like 4 a.m. And we loaded up a roll of Portra. We didn't film a video about it, but uh, uh, these are the last two shots. We found a couple of horses that so were just beautiful. standing there. I mean, they could have just jumped the fence. The fence was m- m- up to my knee. But I think they were like, it, this was like this, this road trip we did at was like four in the morning. Yeah. It was so fairy like type. Especially, it was crazy. Super, so much mist in the air. And also these animals, we found a bunch of cows sleeping these and peeing. These are the cows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never seen a cow pee before. It was so freaky. <laughs> uh, so yeah, these are all the cows that were there. So many cows. Eva found this one. This flipped boat covered the mist. Again, the edit is not final. This Also, this one is uh, by Eva. Um, what else did you take? You took this one too? The one of the trees. Yeah, that one. And if you, This one is a very common occurrence in Sweden. Yeah. Every day, basically, around <laughs> the same time, the world would look like this. I think it's because the... If I remember correctly, now it's been, been very hot, so the earth gets hot. And then when the temperatures drop by the night, there is like this condensation that builds next to the earth. And this is this mist that we see 
And that's why it happens when it's colder in temperature, which mm. is about 3, 4 a.m. So 4 by 5, that's why we came here. Yeah. Again, I want to rescan these. Like this is the, I don't know, like the fifth time we scanned those. Uh, but I still want to rescan these because I think uh, what I want to do. So uh, uh, this is Eva. And you see, like we have a crazy amount of detail. It's so good. But I remember uh, I didn't take this photo. This one was taken by our friend uh, Lucia, which you can see here in this photo. Which maybe is actually watching now, I, but she's always uh, so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've seen a version of this photo before. Uh, it's one of the ones that we did on uh, Cyanotype. And this one is the one of Eva. <laughs> Which is not insistent. <laughs> yeah. So you can see here that we had different results. Uh, we're not sure why. I think it was because of uh, different paper. Mm -hmm. But you can see the actual scans look like exactly the same in terms of exposure and density. Because they were shot at the same settings, same light, nothing changed. Just They just switch, switch places. And then I remember when I was helping Lucia focus... Um, I remember that I could see your sep like your eyelashes, yeah, uh, much clearly than here, yeah, on the ground glass. And I'm assuming the film has the same amount of detail. I should actually check it with the uh, loop. With the loop, um, I like that word loop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and this is actually where I'm sitting right now. You can see that uh, light thingy behind me. Um, so these are super cool, but I think I'm gonna stitch them. So you want to take four photos of this closer with the with the camera. We're yeah. doing this with a DSLR yeah. type, and then stitch them together before inversion and then inverting them and working with them. Yeah, mm. uh, these these two photos were shot on Brancopan. Brancopan. Uh, what am I saying? Yeah, Branco Panchromatic. Sounds like a car. Isn't it Branco? What I is the name of the film? <laughs> I think it's Branco. No, I think it's Branco. I don't know. I don't. I don't reach I don't so know. far. I mean, this is the first time I used the film. I still didn't learn the name. <laughs> um, but uh, looks good. Yeah, and developed in Rodinal. The brown hour, box. Right? Yeah, it's four hundred speed. De developed in Rodinal. This one was shot on. Um, what's the other one? The cheap one. Fomapan. This one is Fomapan one hundred. Um, this one, the development was freaky because I developed it in an open tray in the bathroom with the lights kind of sealed through the door. And Eva was outside counting the time down for me so I can agitate and whatever. So I don't know if the development is the reason it came out this way. Um, but uh, it's really cool. I used Flash for this one. Uh, Pancro 400, yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's like... What is the brand? I think it's Pancro. Pancro. No. no? It, Pancro is pan Pancromatic. Yeah, but what's the brand? B with a B, I think. It's a brown box. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Uh, I can't check it out. I so think. this one is, I like it because I flashed. And I'm so happy whenever I take a photo with flash and it comes out. And this is our friend. Um, Berger Pancro. Berger. Yeah. Uh, Berger Pancro. Uh, so... This one again is not Berger, it's uh, Foma. Uh, Foma 100. Uh, and this was her last day uh, in the place. Mm -hmm. So she was so happy that I showed up with my uh, big crazy camera to take photos. Um, and this was outside uh, my friend George. Uh, 
here you can see uh, half of the photo didn't develop or not half like a portion of the photo uh, uh, didn't develop because of the um, the way so I took CM's advice uh, and he told me to uh, um, uh, use a rubber band the in taco a, method the taco method so I used the rubber band to put it inside a small um, Patterson tank mm -hmm. Uh, and I thought I put in enough uh, developer solution, but I didn't, uh, and it didn't reach. So this was the part that was not developed outside of the developer. Same with this photo as well. Uh, this is a, these are a really cool couple that we met that day, became friends. Um, but again, like you can see, there's so much detail, so cool. And again, this is a single frame on a. Is this uh, FOMA as well or bigger? No, these are bigger. bigger. The only FOMA picture is this one. Yeah. And you can see like this one, these ones came out m much denser. We should take more more ones to see if, if you know how it develops. Yeah, and I, I st we still, the, it's not conclusive why the, 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 the FOMA one is the way it is. So I'm not saying that it's not good. Um, Although I heard from a lot of people uh, that uh, you have to be very careful when you're handling FOMA because the emulsion will will peel off the... Uh, yeah, uh, at the least FOMA. for 120 and 35, especially 35, I heard. Uh, yes, CM is mentioning that he uses a 7 to yeah, 800. It's 800, yeah. So what I did with the, with the later ones, which are the ones of Eva and Sofia, these two, the first two that we <laughs> show. Uh, Luthia, I keep calling her Sofia, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, did I mention she's an artist? Go check out her YouTube channel. She's I don't know. Do you remember the writer? Yeah, she sings Lucia and plays guitar. Lopan, I think. Yeah, check out her and subscribe. She's almost at 1,000. Is she? Nice. I don't know. I think. Anyway, subscribe. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, CM, what I did, I, I filled it all the way so I can see the liquid on the outside edges of the uh, of the Patterson tank. And that way I knew, okay, this time it's it's uh, it's definitely covering the film. Uh, but it works. The taco method works. Yeah. Just one single rubber band around the film. It's crazy that it works so well. <laughs> yeah. And I think you can fit a bunch of them. As four, much as, yeah, I think. Easily four, maybe more. Because you can put them like this. Yeah. So Yeah, it's the thing. Like, still I feel like the film touching each other but of course it's the other side so it should not matter yeah as so long as the inside is your emulsion side okay so you know when you're working with the four by five or sheet film in general the you usually grab the um uh, what do you call it the notch on the corner of the film for me usually it has to be the bottom right corner because i work with my right hand so it's the bottom right corner and i know that the emulsion is facing up so as long as i'm holding it there you can just bend it and put the rubber band around it, and that way the emulsion side is is safe. Uh, uh, CM, who has more experience with this, he says that he uses three to four sheets at a time, uh, which I think that's a fair amount. Uh, Chronic is asking, what developer do you use for Washi? By the way, you use uh, Ilford multi-grade paper developer. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's paper film uh, you can use Yucobrome I think that's the recommended one mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's around or available I'm not, I'm not really uh, uh, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge about paper and working with a dark room 
my knowledge is very very basic uh, so we only have uh, used uh, resin coated uh, so rc paper mm-hmm. and uh, ilford multi multi-grade and rapid fixer and we have this really weird enlarger um uh, but uh, it works it's simple setup you know and that's the developer we have and it works it's not on the sheet um when you read the data sheet of the film they have another developer they i remember it's called pq universal and i use the times and the exposure stuff for that mm-hmm. now if you use the other developer i think it's yuko brome uh, then you can rate the film at 25 iso maybe it's a stronger yeah. developer so yeah if you use if you have that you can rate that film at 25 if not as i mentioned multiple times now six iso speed in um the shade and 12 iso in the sun direct sunlight Mm -hmm. uh yeah so what else we have a lot of other photos (laughs) uh, that we shot they still need a bit of editing i would say i think these are pretty cool which ones are those these are the ones of you and uh, uh, luthia when you're working on the uh, these are lomo uh lomo 800 yep that is quite cool they were working on this, uh, what do you call it? Headband. Headband. Um, so I started taking some photos. Uh, we did test these two cameras that I don't know if I talked to you about before. We I got a bunch of cameras. I think I mentioned it last week. Oh, now I'm opening Photoshop. Please don't open Photoshop. <laughs> Everything is going to crash. Hold on. Cool. We saved it um so yeah we got a bunch of cameras including these two this one is a pentax pc 100 uh fully automatic and i accidentally put it on 400 iso on the bottom i didn't even see this Uh, i thought it has a dx code reader but it actually you have to choose between either 400 or 100 to 200 so one stop to two stops it's okay one stop more or less i don't know what that means <laughs> but we loaded the same so I, because i didn't know if any of these cameras work i loaded i loaded one this one and then i uh, shot 10 pictures and then i put it in the dark bag with scissors and i cut the film took it out and then loaded it in this one and i can say that the minolta Hymatic gf is a really cool camera uh this one is 38 millimeter f4 it has zone focusing and it's pretty simple it has three aperture modes which yeah. is sunny so sunny cloud. cloudy overcast and it goes the iso either 100 or 400 so we set it on 100 and we overexposed some uh, gold 200 uh, sorry color plus 200 yeah so let's see uh what do we have here? Here's a good one. There's a photo of me that Eva took. Uh, I was definitely not posing for this one. Um, these are all inverted on uh, Photoshop by yours truly. And I was completely too blue. Uh, I tried some of them on Negative Lab. They came out pretty nice. So Negative Lab is winning me back. Um, I don't know why. Like Sometimes I just hate the results that it gives me. And I need a lot of work. And sometimes one click and 
it looks beautiful this was one of the photos that looked really good uh, on negative lab i mean i wasn't done with it i just wanted to see how they look mm -hmm. but you can see the uh, heavy uh, blue cast blue cyan cast uh, so yeah th these were with the iconica really cool um, i think photos uh, and i appreciate that you have to focus because yeah. sometimes i can't trust the point and shoots <laughs> um the pentax however wasn't as as good again i think this photo was the last photo that i took with it and i think that's when i realized that it was uh 400, 400. Yeah. um i mean color uh, color plus underspose by two stops probably it just doesn't look good yeah like this one you can see you can see how underexposed it is mm -hmm. Uh, and there are some, I think that the flash fired. No. But yeah, most of the roll is underexposed. Uh, but they work. This one is cool. I think you took this one, given that it's in the passenger uh, seat. Yes, I remember. Because I was like, should I take a photo? And then I was going to reach for the camera. And then, or something. Like you had the camera with you. And then I said, oh, I wish I could take a photo of this. It looks so cool. And you were like, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly uh pa, pa, pa. the rest of the photos in this, this one folder i really like the one before that you show uh yeah i think we showed these ones have we showed these ones which ones are those uh these ones when we shot on the balcony yeah i think no i don't think we showed we them, we on the podcast. Not show them this is uh photo dump today guys <laughs> cinestill uh 50d I think it looks really nice. It looks amazing. I really like it. These were shot with the RZ67. I should post some of those. Not these ones. Uh, <laughs> not that one. On Instagram. Some of the portraits I took of you or uh, Lucia. I really like. Yeah. I don't know who was taking these photos. This but one was they, Lucia, I think. They should have told me to fix my hair. <laughs> uh, these are really cool. You took of Lucia. Mm -hmm. you nailed the focus and I th I don't think this was wide open I no. think you were shooting at, at least f4 Five, or 5.6 super cool really really nice uh, and I'm really happy with the scans these I inverted on Photoshop yeah so if you think uh, the film doesn't look like that usually uh, well <laughs> I don't know whether it's supposed to be looking like uh, what is this? Oh, yeah, that day we also shot some uh, Red Scale Metropolis. Yeah. And uh, I would say it's pretty cool. I mean, it is not what one would expect of a Red Scale process, but it is interesting. Red Scale, for anyone that doesn't know what it is, it means that you are actually shooting your film through the film base rather than directly on the emulsion side. So you have to compensate for the exposure because less light is going to get into the... sort <laughs> <laughs> of is crazy. Into the uh, uh, film emulsion. And also it's going to have a heavy um, red cast because the first layer that they will touch the light is the red layer, which mm -hmm. is the color layer that is more inside next to the base. That's why it's a red scale process. But this one didn't look too red. Yeah. But Metropolis in itself, it doesn't have a lot of red. So. No, it's yellow. And uh, I I don't know if I told you, but I inverted it. Like I flipped it uh, by hand, 120. 
easy to do if you have a dark bag. All you need to do is go inside the dark bag, unroll the film, and then uh, when you hit the tape, um, you peel the tape, and then you flip the film, and then you tape it back, and then you keep unrolling all the way, uh, and then you roll it back. Just go with the clean hands into the dark bag. Yeah, or the other way you can do it is unroll it the whole way, and then flip from the back and start rolling. And then when you hit the tape, you can flip it. Um, you know, you can do it multiple ways. So you, can, you can untape, put the tape back, but keep the film untaped, r- unroll the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then once you hit the edge of the film, hold the roll tight so it doesn't unfold more. And then flip it from there and roll back. Or, you know, you can just go back to the tape. And now the whole film is loose from the paper. But you go back to the tape, you flip it and put it. Play with it. Maybe practice with expired film. Or, uh, yeah, with one... Or already a used roll that it kind of didn't work or something like that. So you put it in a paper, paper back in the right place and then you train a bit yeah. how to do it. You have to roll tight because the film is going to want to ba- to bow. Bow? Yeah, it's yeah, going to want way. to uh, go like this because you're rolling it the other way that it was rolled and the, ca- the, the curl is set in the film. So now you're reversing the curl uh, but it should be all right i didn't have any um, any major bowing like mm-hmm. the film didn't really move too much if it does as you're rolling it tight at the end you can remove the tape one more time so let the film if it has a bend in it when you remove the tape it will it will push forward and you tape it back there's going to be a few millimeters moved to one side but it should be all right uh, but i think that's it now that's it we don't have any more stuff to talk about <laughs> And it's been almost two hours. So again, thank you everybody for watching. Sorry about the technical problems. Uh, We love you. And if you haven't subscribed, maybe hit subscribe. Mm -hmm. And if you like this video, maybe hit the like button. You don't have to. We appreciate you either way. Uh, Other than that, we wish you a beautiful rest of the week. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time on Constant Agitation. Yes. Thank you very much, everyone. Peace. Bye.